0: Hello, I'm Peter Best. Welcome to Meet the Expert, the podcast series on swine health management in practice, brought to you by Boehringer Ingelheim. This episode of Meet the Expert offers a glimpse of the future for the control of the porcine reproductive and respiratory syndrome, which we know better, of course, by its initials of PRRS or PERS. Each year since 2014, Boehringer Ingelheim has sponsored its European PERS Research Award Programme. This provides three grants of €25,000 each to fund chosen research projects that aim to answer uh, uh, finances of practical benefit in controlling PERS. I'm pleased to say I'm joined by the leaders of the three projects, Selected by an independent panel to receive one of the 2020 European PERS Research Awards. Let me introduce them and then we can talk about the research they propose to undertake. From the Netherlands, we have Dr. Erhard van der Fries. Hello, Dr. van der Fries, and congratulations that your project has been selected for this award. Uh, thank you very much, Peter. We should also congratulate Dr. Pia Heisberg in Denmark. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Heisberg.
1: Thank you, Peter, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: And our congratulations go as well to Dr. Guillermo Ramis in Spain. Hello, Dr. Ramis. I look forward to hearing more about your proposed project. Very good, thank you. Right. Let's begin then. And we'll start with the Danish project, please. The one led by Dr. Pia Heisberg, which seeks to examine the impact of weaning procedures on PERS virus in the nursery. You're a field veterinarian who's a pig practitioner, Dr. Heiseberg, working with the uh, High Vet, uh, Swine Veterinary Clinic in Denmark, I understand.
1: That's correct, yeah.
0: And. And that job includes having overall responsibility for the PERS virus programme in more than 50 Danish herds, I hear. Is that how the idea for your new research project started?
1: Definitely. It was um, with um, many years of uh, investigation of sow farms, where we now feel that um, we we have quite good uh, knowledge about uh, the disease and the how to control it, how to eradicate it. But um, with with our work, we also understand that about um, nursery, we don't really know that much um, about the impact of PRS when it comes to dealing with different um, weaning strategies.
0: And what weaning strategies would you propose to examine. Could you give me an example, please?
1: Yeah. Um, when when farmers, they um, tend to wean around 38, 40 pigs per sow, that um, includes a lot of um, nurse sows and some extra weaned pigs that then um, either goes um, um, directly into some um, nursery facilities or they go to an intermediate uh, facility, um, a container, and then they stay there for, for maybe a week or two week or three weeks before they, um, they are um, uh, moved to the optimal nursery facilities with other piglets. So it's something about in, um, in some farms, there are two to three weeks between the weaning uh, date of pigs and in other farms, there is an all-in, all-out winning strategy.
0: And have you any previous studies to refer to whether that has an influence on perivascular circulation?
1: Not really. We have we have done like um, small investigations, but not uh, not a thorough investigation with with different farms. We uh, we think that the best way to do it would be. An all-in, all-out uh, weaning strategy, but but actually we have we have not really um, done uh, this this big um, uh, overview and and testing of pigs that we would like to do with this project.
0: So you're in a position where you're being asked to give advice, and there isn't real evidence, and you're providing the evidence from a controlled study. Then is that the aim well, of this?
1: That is the aim of it. Yes.
0: And to state the obvious, if I may, this would be imposed positive herds, obviously. Uh, it and be, yeah. uh, 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 h- How many herds would one have to examine in order to get an idea? Because there are so many variables here.
1: Yeah. So we would, um, we would go for uh, four farms that are doing the all-in, all-out uh, weaning strategy and four farms with what we call mix by weaning um and yes. then in these four farms we would um we would do investigations on um four batches of pigs weaned to the nursery four consecutive uh, weaned batches so it's it's um it's it's quite many pigs and it's over uh, um, an okay uh, amount of time also that uh, we are investigating this year
0: what do you say is an okay amount of time i mean normally the uh, research awards offered by Berener Engelheim aim to have a project that can be completed in a year is that feasible in your case
1: it is it is feasible but uh, we we are going to be busy in the, in the next year
0: And would you say then uh, that the weaning strategies are likely to affect per circulation would you expect there to be, some good indication from this controlled study of the exact influence of the weaning strategy.
1: Definitely, because it, it, it I would be very surprised if it would not be uh, the best way to do it. Um, this all-in, all-out strategy, because we can see in in uh, farrowing stables that if we can um, do some, some. Um, um, uh, what would you call it? If we if we can control where we move the pigs around, and we can we can stop the spreading by by not mixing pigs of different ages, then we have a shorter time uh, into getting um, PRS stable sow herds. So it would surprise me if the all in all out strategy would not be the the very best. It I I think it would be the one with less. PRS um, findings in a nursery, and I think it would be the one with less um, um, antibiotic antibiotic use and less mortality, better performance.
0: Are these vaccinated herds, and what difference will that make to your study?
1: It um, it it would be vaccinated sow herds, simply because we would never leave sow herds. Uh, rolling with the natural PRS infection, but it would be uh, sow herds where we don't have any vaccine on the on the offspring, uh, and it would be sow herds that we would have a, a goal that either they are stable, that would mean um, uh, no virus circulation in um, in the uh, nursery, or um, by time sow herds that we would like to uh, eradicate PRS from.
0: Yeah, I see, I see. Yeah, I mean, your focus is the nursery and, and you want to evaluate the health of those pigs in the nursery, particularly with regard to PERS. Um, that's uh, with the idea of eradication in mind in some cases, but also, how is PERS being controlled? at the moment, it's by vaccination of sows, but uh, are, is there also, for example, any antibiotic usage that's involved because of per circulation?
1: Definitely. It would be a, a program uh, including vaccination and um, and antibiotic treatments.
0: So, uh, uh, would you expect there uh, to be on the um, all in all out, if they see a less purse circulation, there should be a benefit in terms of less antibiotic usage in that yeah, herd.
1: Definitely. And, uh, and also a better performance of, of the pigs themselves. That would be uh, average daily um, um, weight gain and it would be um, feed conversion rate also better than the other um, herds
0: yes i'm diff- i'm with you uh, the the herds you you mentioned about eradication by the way would these herds that you supervise or oversee would they be looking to eradicate pers if they can do so is that a common thing for these herds
1: no no it isn't actually it's it's more uh, more now it's about uh, looking at where are you located with your herd are you um, in, with with the neighbors around with a lot of uh, purse um, uh, virus positive um, animals? Um, then then it would be better for for this customer to keep uh, his herd um, PRS positive but stable and with the uh, good production results.
0: Okay, right, thank you. Uh, we need to move on then, but thank you Dr. Hausberg for the moment. Uh, and next I'm gonna to turn to Dr. Erhard van der Vries in the Netherlands. Uh, you're a molecular virologist, Dr. van der Vries, I, I understand uh, you are in the R&D section at the Animal Health Organization uh, Gesundheit dienst voor Dieren or GD in the Netherlands. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, that's that's correct. And your project, uh, you want to look at genetic recombination of type one pers virus, and you ask the question in your project title: Is this an emerging risk? Re- genetic recombination uh, is it an emerging risk or a hype? Is is this a a question that's being asked widely at the moment? <laughs>
2: Well, I, I think this, this project really builds on a previous project um, uh, funded by by uh, Ingelheim, uh, the PS Award in 2018, which was um, granted to uh, Thomas Taljek uh, from the uh, Polish Veterinary Institute and Jos Dortmans. And what they did was they. Um, they tried to, they sequenced the, the genome of uh, Pierce viruses circulating in Poland and in the Netherlands and uh, tried to see if, um, if uh, genotyping based on sequencing the OR5 region, so a small part of the genome, um, uh, if that uh, is enough or that you should sequence uh, uh larger parts of the genome so what they did is they sequenced a larger part of the, of the genome uh or five until over se- or 7 and what they found was that um, of the 140 viruses they sequenced in 59 of the cases they found a so-called recombination event uh, uh, meaning that there was a a, 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 a a chimeric virus between a vaccine strain and a field strain and uh, this project really aims to to uh, sequence the complete genome and uh, identify hotspots within the genome where recombination events occur and uh, from that on uh, we'd like to um, yeah uh, answer questions w- which you gave to me um, how how important is it How often does it occur and how important is it uh, for the um, epidemiology of the virus?
0: Uh, Thanks. Uh, I'm going to take a step back, though, please. You specifically in your title refer to type 1 PERS virus. Uh, How much previous work has been done on genetic recombination in type 1 or indeed in type 2? Uh, I mean, could you give me a little bit of background why you've chosen type 1?
2: Um, I think, uh, um, um, but I'm not the expert, I think uh, probably a Pia and, uh, and Guillermo could, could, um, could explain it better, uh, but Type 1 is, the, is the, uh, the, the dominant strain in Europe, if that's correct.
0: And- would you agree, Guillermo, would you agree with Type 1 is the dominant strain in Europe? Uh, are you seeing a lot of type two in Denmark? Sorry, Pia, please.
1: Well, we, we, we do see it uh, fairly often, yeah. But I think that was also um, in Denmark a bit of our own fault uh, back in the days. Um, yeah, where they had to, to figure out uh, what kind of disease is uh, PRS. And then um, I heard there was something with uh, using uh, the, the the wrong vaccine for the type one so there was in in a time where this with homology uh, really um, wasn't that big a, a deal yet but it, it became um, yeah important we see now
0: yes yes but recombination events in theory can happen with both types you're saying and yes, we know that, something that, think- about type two but we don't know enough about type 1 recombination events. Is that correct, Erhel? Uh-huh?
2: Exactly, yeah. And also the extent, so the extent of recombination events, so how often does it occur, um, uh, and uh, the significance, actually. So what's the significance of recombination in uh, spreading of uh, peers?
0: Yes, because presumably a recombination could result in something that was more virulent, more pathogenic, and therefore, a bigger problem, and so we need to be aware of the likelihood of these things coming along the road, don't we? Uh,
2: yes, I think so. And um, uh, lately, a few papers, also a paper from Denmark, came out uh, uh, ident- and uh, identifying such a um, uh, uh, recomb- recombinant strain, and um, it's really to to say uh, to, to to find out if it's really a hype. High- or it's something that that we should uh, taking into account, uh, and I think one way uh, of doing that is just seeing what's out there, sequencing, sequencing them, uh, identifying uh, recombination hotspots in the genome where where recombination events take take place, and see yeah, and see if you can follow these strains in time, um, uh, and see their see their impact.
0: Now yours is an international study, I think. Then, from what you you said, you're leading a study that involves uh, information and and colleagues from other countries.
2: Yes. So, so Thomas Staliak from the Institute of Veterinary Medicine of the Warsaw University of Life Sciences is is also involved. So he he really deals with the, the uh, um, collection of East European strains, and um, from our side, from the Netherlands, we collect. Um, strains uh, which circulate in the Netherlands.
0: Now, uh, you you mentioned all five open reading frame, or five to seven. Uh, would you say that uh, it is uh, a standard procedure yet to look at whole genomes? How do you look at whole genomes? In other words, um,
2: I think it's I think it's an emerging emerging uh, 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 tool. So I think the most common um uh, tool is still to sequence OR5 only. OR5 is I think the most uh, variable region. So um it's an interesting region to 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 characterize viruses. Um but in our previous study we found that if you sequence OR5 oh, sorry, ORF2 un- until orf 7 so including ORF5, um, then we found uh, we found that, that that there were some um, recommendation events taking place um, so for example we, we sequenced um, 140 strains and out of these strains 59 had a uh, recommendation event so that's quite a lot um, however um, or five uh, is a very small part and, and or or of two to seven is it's a bit bigger uh, but the genome appears is its is much larger. so so, yeah, we were really curious to 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 investigate um, yeah, whether this recommendation uh, how much that occurs, uh, where does it occur within the genome? Uh, are there certain hotspots of recommendation uh, are there recommendation hotspots? Um, so I think yeah, aura five is.
0: Yeah, to look at a whole genome though, would wouldn't that be time-consuming and expensive compared with taking just all five to all seven?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, uh, if I if, if I would have done this this um, this project uh, ten or five or four years ago, uh, I would fully agree with you. But um, um, uh, time is moving on, and the sequencing becomes cheaper and cheaper. And currently, uh, um, if you ha- if you design your sequencing strategy well enough, then um, it, it might not even be that more expensive to f- focusing focusing on only or a five or only on two point seven uh, sequencing just the whole genome um, uh, actually could even save you money if you do it at the, at the correct way.
0: Now, you're taking advantage of new techniques, are you in, in, in this case? Uh, what's, can you tell me what sort of new techniques you can use in this project?
2: So there, there are many uh, so-called next sequencing uh, techniques. And um, we want to, uh, to work with the so-called nanopore technology. Uh, advantage of that technology that it's, uh, uh, it's pretty easy to use uh it's it's a it's a next generation sequencing platform really built to to um uh yeah to 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 be used for for everybody so this is how it how it is designed uh it is, is the, the sequencing machine is, is actually not very much uh uh bigger than a usb stick so it's it's really small and um which makes it very um yeah a, a nice technique also for 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 no maybe even uh, veterinarians in the field
0: yeah why nanopore? I, I don't know the term nano means very very small i can imagine but what does nanopore mean in this context
2: uh literally nanopore. so so the technique uh, makes advantage of a pore and um, and what it does it uh, it pulls it pulls the uh a, a, a nucleotide um, uh, um, uh, it, it, it pulls a stretch of nucleotides through a pore and by doing so it uh, it uh, uh, records the sequence so it records the a t c and g nucleotide sequences so it pulls the string the strain uh through a pore a nanopore and by doing so it records the sequence
0: so this is developed technology in other fields, or is it very new, or in any in all investigations of genomes?
2: It is a it is a it's a well it's it's a it's a new technique. Uh, on the other hand, it's it's being used by by a lot of uh, researchers, uh, also in the virology field. So in the broader sense, uh, for instance, um, it has been used um, for. Um, um, uh, for the, uh, during the uh, Ebola outbreak in Africa, where, where uh, uh, complete Ebola sequences were generated using the Nanopore technology in Africa, so in the field. And, um, but currently, uh, with the COVID, COVID pandemic, uh, Nanopore technology is is uh, is broadly used to to um, uh, to sequence uh, SARS-CoV-2 genomes. Uh, it's um, it's a widely used technique
0: hmm so we're really up to date with this research project of yours using the latest technique in that way the values and benefits you've said about you know identifying how often recombinations occur and what is the result of those recombinations having got that information how do we use it in future please
2: well i think it's it's that's a delicate delicate question i think uh uh, before we want, before we say something about how important the recommendation is and how uh, important this for 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 future fa- uh, vaccination strategies, for instance, I think it's is really uh, good to to first um, find out uh, how often does it occur uh, and how important is it. And uh, once you know that, then you can can make these kind of um, uh, well, suggestions and, 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 and um, linking it to, to um, global epidemiology or, or vaccine strategies or eradication programs. I think we should first...
0: Yeah. To As I said back. to Dr. Eisberg, would you expect to get some results within a year of, of, of starting the project?
2: Uh, I think so. Yeah. So we, we already collected uh, 74 strains, uh, which we previously sequenced uh, the ORF2 to 7. So the, these are already uh, uh, ready to go. So uh, these these uh, sequences uh, will be uh, these viruses will be sequenced uh, completely uh, shortly. Um, so that's the advantage of, of our project. Um, uh, but at the same time, we were, also, we were, we we're going to collect also more strange strains, also from strains uh, from farms that we, we, we've, we previously visited to collect these strains. And that, that takes a bit more time. But um, uh, yeah, key here is to, to, to design a, an easy strategy for, for whole genome sequencing of, of Pierce viruses. So that's our first goal. And once we have established that, Uh, sequencing itself uh, would not take that much time Uh, the analysis uh, on the other hand uh, yeah that that uh, interpretation of the results could uh, could take some time.
0: I look forward to hearing that. I'm gonna move on to our third winning proposal please thank you Dr. van der Vries and also uh, now, then we're going to talk to Dr. Guillermo Ramis uh, in Spain. Uh, Dr. Ramis, uh, just to introduce you properly, I understand you're a, an associate professor in the Department of Animal Production at the University of Murcia. Is that is it, am I right in that? And and you obtained your vet medicine degree from the university and your, also your PhD in 2002, I understand from there. Uh, this proposal of yours uh, is to investigate the impact of biosecurity and management on purse status and economical profit. And it's therefore very practical at farm level, not least that evaluation of profit. Are you asking whether any changes in farm biosecurity are profitable as well as helping to prevent virus, the PERS virus, from entering the farm or spreading inside it?
3: Yeah, Peter, first of all, allow, allow me to say that I'm the leader of a very pretty group of veterinarians, not only academic, uh, because uh, two of us are academic, academics that before had been uh, practitioners and The the, the requirement includes four really pure practitioners in a very big company in Southeast Spain. As uh, answering your your question, of course, we are absolutely sure that any biosecurity procedure is going to be profitable, not only for peace peace prevention, income, and spreading inside the farm, also for other uh, tasks as the antimicrobial reduction, uh reduction of mortality and of of wastes and ensure that we are going to demonstrate that biosecurity always is paid but unfortunately this is not so simple to uh, to make the farmer understand sometimes so we need to have the tools and we need to have the the difference of of, of profit of benefit uh, comparing the the previous and the 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 subsequent situation after an implementation of really strict and and really well uh, thought uh, biosecurity measures
0: how do you evaluate biosecurity how will you in this proposal to evaluate it
3: uh, we are going to use a, an, an an app uh, an informatic tool that is called combat in which you introduce different parameters and finally you you get an, an evaluation of the farm that say if the, the biosecurity level is high, low, medium, and in this way you can start working and, and, and you evaluate really the, the, weak, the weaknesses points in, in your farm and the, the start point to work uh, with.
0: Now this combat app, is it uh, specific to biosecurity for PERS or is it biosecurity as a total concept?
3: Not really. It's, it's, a, it's a, not, not really for peers only. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tool for a, a global concept of biosecurity. Of course, it's really well focused uh, to to peers because it's one of our, our, our really big problems in the field, as Pia said before. But you can use it as a universal tool to have an idea of your farm, what, level, what kind of biosecurity level
0: have. And you're going to be trying it on farms. Did you say in the south of Spain there's a network of farms where you'll be trying this, where you will evaluate their existing biosecurity and then any changes that are implemented, you will evaluate those as well. Is that what you're doing?
3: Yeah, we are going to evaluate and to find these weak points in the farms and we are going uh, to work in, in in two senses well really in, in in three senses three different senses the first is the the, the own evaluation uh, evaluation of biosecurity evaluation of uh, production cost and and, param- and productive parameters uh, before and after we are going to design facilities that could help to improve the biosecurity uh, dogs uh, intermediate uh, buildings to receive all the all the Suppliers that the the farm needs out of the farm. Uh, We are going to improve the 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 hygiene of the of of the people working in the farm. We are going to improve the 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 circuits of semen the uh, development, and we are going, for example, uh, to implement double fences to avoid the trucks, the the truck of feed and uh, the truck of animals go inside the farm, and. We are going to develop management together with the facilities. We have, we want to 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 change something because you know we are living in in the hyper prolific world and we have incredible problems to manage this crowd of of piglets. We every sow is is farrowing, so we are going uh, to refine very well the, all the procedures around the 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 farrow and the the the, the perinatal. Uh, moment, all the procedure with all the all the liters, we are going, for example, to to implement the the box in the back, to the box we use to put inside it, the the liters to to make all the all the management uh, teeth uh, roof uh, iron delivery and all these kind of things.
0: We are going to so box, use, Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you if I may, sorry. Uh, you said box in a bag. This is for the processing of piglets normally in the farrowing room. Uh, this yeah, is
3: no, what you're saying there. Normally in the farrowing room, the, the, the workers uh, use a box in which they put all the litter and uh, make all yes. the procedures for, for the piglets. Uh, well, tail docking that still is allowed, uh, you know, teeth clipping... Uh, iron delivery and yes. they, they uh, go, get back the piglets to the to the to the pen eh? uh, when they are processed. Okay.
0: Correct. Yes. But normally,
3: yeah. normally you use you use the same fa- box for all the litters, and we are absolutely combined that. This is one of the way to spread all kind of diseases. The 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 box in the bag is a very simple idea that put a bag. Inside the box and remove it every liter and you are preventing the spreading of of, yeah. of the of the diseases. So it's anyway. a bag in a box,
0: not a box in a bag, right? Yeah, okay. well, really, it's, it's, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, really. with really <laughs> Well, so you okay? So you have that. Uh, you put a bar on transfer of infection when you're processing the piglets. So exactly. How, is is that widely practiced already in Spain, Guillermo? Is this no, no, a, a, again not. a new technique? It's
3: really uncommon and is a, a new development we are doing because not no absolutely uncommon in Spain. In Spain, uh, as I said before, uh, you can use the same. The people used to to move the the box uh, all over the the farrowing room. Uh, with no more uh, prophylactic uh, measures, so I we we think this is a, a, a very interesting me- measure. And the other the other arm of the project is to const- to, to to assess exactly the the, the 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 status regarding peers. And we are going to make the classical approach: serology, PCR on serum, but also we are going to do a PCR on. Tong fluids from still, stillborns. We, we want to know if, if are born uh, piglets carrying the, the virus and, and with which level and if we see how decrease this uh, prevalence uh, in, in, the, in, in the newborn piglets uh, with all the implementation of, of these measures.
0: So would this be an alternative to doing serology or, or, or what What this stillborn? I can understand why you say you want to see the status in the newborn piglet. Is that, is that why you choose these yeah, stillborn really, piglets?
3: Really this, this is also a new, a, very, a really recent uh, technique that I think has been described in 2009. It's really, it really new. And you, you only have to get the tones of, of a, a group of, of stillborns uh, 100, 150 and these tongues uh, deliver, release uh, a fluid that you can use a sample to make PCR and to detect uh, the quantity of animals that are born, that were born with the virus inside. And this is a very interesting indicator of how the, 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 the disease is moving or not inside your farm. Uh, finally, it's an indicator of stability that we are going to use to, to implement in this project to, to know how the farms are before in the middle and after
0: yes and of course your management side integrates with something that dr Peter heisberg was saying about weaning strategies you you'll even have some information how farms compare on weaning strategies will you uh,
3: really is very is very stable the the, the 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 weaning strategies probably this project the, could be linked with the PIA project and this and this can can be put together and, and implement new strategies of of, of winning because as I say this is the moment of the hyper prolific and sometimes the, the the winning is a very weak moment and and we have some problems. But all of the farms of this company have the same strategy of winning. So we cannot see differences. We have selected farms with different uh, sizes uh, to be sure that the, the, the improvement in, in, in security is going to have the same impact the, the, regardless of the, the size. This is a, a, an interesting
0: point of this project. So, how could you give me the size range, please? Yeah, we are farms? going
3: to manage a farm from 500 cells up to 3,100 3, cells. So uh-huh. we, have, we have a very wide range of, of sizes. Uh, to be sure yeah. that, that this, this procedure can be uh, implemented at any size.
0: And currently they range also in their biosecurity strategies and level and level of biosecurity, do they? Uh, we know we have uh,
3: different levels of biosecurity by, by sure, because uh, uh, some farms are really good, new farms, and other of these farms are uh, a little bit old and not so good. So we are sure we are, we are going to have a, a range of biosecurity levels in order to have more idea of, depending on the improvement of the biosecurity, how can improve the, the profit of, of, the, of, this, of the implementation yes. of this measure?
0: Yeah. As, a, as a farmer, yes, that's what I want to know eventually. If I spend money on biosecurity, sure. will it improve my profit? Of course, not, my not performance, my yeah, physical yeah. performance.
3: Exactly. Not only that, the farmer also want to know if uh, it's good to implement the same biosecurity in all farms, because sometimes the the the, the, the own farmer say, okay, in my new farms probably is not going to have any impact. And when you make the evaluation, you say, okay, it's it's new, but have some uh, biosecurity breach that uh, we we should uh, cover uh, in order to avoid uh, the effect of the virus. And, but but this, this only can be demonstrated with figures, with numbers and with increases of profit. It's the only way yes. uh, to combine the pharma.
0: Right. And there isn't a, an equivalent study from other countries which gives a comparison in that regard?
3: Yeah, sure. We, we have read a lot of biosecurity. There are, uh, but, but you know, Peter, what's interesting is that there is no uh, universal way to measure the biosecurity you can find very different um, systems to measure biosecurity. So sometimes it's not so easy to extrapolate the information you read in the literature to the reality of your farm. So we have decided to get one objective uh, and and simple way to evaluate the the biosecurity and start since that point. But of course, we have have read a lot of... uh, biosecurity and the and the goodness of, of biosecurity.
0: Bio yeah. Practical and useful, Guillermo. I look forward to that as well. I'm afraid to the three of you, I have to end this podcast. I would like to discuss these projects with you more, but thanks to our three award winners, the projects for the 2020 European PERS Award, PERS Research Awards from Boehringer Ingelheim, Thank you also to our listeners for joining us today. And uh, we will be producing more podcasts in the Meet the Expert series. But for the moment, many thanks and goodbye.